0: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks. We're back at it again. And today we are going to be talking with, with Rina Yedkorsky, And our conversation, you know, the title of this program, I think, is really interesting. It's, what did I come to the fridge for? I mean, we've all done that. And how to improve your memory. And she has a company called Memory Matters. You know she's been with us before, and she's always just filled with such great information. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this one as well. For those of you that are new to Alzheimer's Speaks, we're about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people who are there to support you through your journey. Uh, if you are a person living with dementia, if you're a family care partner or if you are a professional, a researcher, whatever. It takes a village, as they say. So please listen in and feel free to pass this along. We love your likes, your clicks, your shares. Not so much for the numbers, but just that tells us you're helping push this information out, which so many people need so badly. I also just want to do a couple of shout-outs. One, please check out our website, alzheimerspeaks.com. When you go to our homepage, you'll find a whole section on just free educational resources. Of course, we do other things as far as uh, training and keynotes and and branding and things, but um, please check out those free resources for yourselves. And feel free to check out our book, Betty the Bald Chicken Lessons in How to Care. And then the other plug I want to give is for Dementia Map, which we created during COVID, which is a global resource directory it doesn't cost any money. You're not going to be asked for any of your personal information. So just go to DementiMap.com. Now let's go ahead and pull Rena back in. So Rena, I'm so excited to have you back with us again. You are always just a wealth of information. And um, you know I'm just so, so glad to have you with us today. Before we get started, if you don't mind kind of introducing and give people a little background about yourself. Sure.
1: Thank you so much, Laurie, for having me on today. So I'm Rina Yukowski. I'm a geriatric social worker and memory coach. I'm the CEO of Memory Matters. And I actually live in Israel and I teach online memory improvement courses. So with today's uh, Zoom and everything we're doing online, I can you know be teaching people in Australia, America, Israel, all over the world. And I've been doing webinars for senior groups also all over the world, all about memory, training your brain, Preventing dementia, the factors that, you know, the lifestyle factors uh, that affect us, caregiving, really all of those topics. And um, I'm super passionate about helping seniors feel more confident and believing in their memories that they can age more confidently and stay sharper longer. That's my goal.
0: Wonderful. What, What a great goal to have and to be able to help people all around the world. Uh, like you said, you know, with COVID and things switching online, it, it's just changed the way we're able to help people, which yeah. is really, really cool. Um, you know, I always like to ask everybody if they've been touched by dementia in their own family or circle of friends, if you don't mind sharing. Sure. Um,
1: so besides my professional experience, which is obviously 25 years worth, I was the head of an Alzheimer's department in the States when I lived in the States. Um, yes, I have been touched uh, by dementia. Um, some of my grandparents had it, uh, although they lived to be very old, which was amazing. Um, and currently, some of our family members are experiencing it. And it is um, it's very hard to watch, but it's, I, you know, I always take a very hopeful approach of a quality of life. You know, as, as much as people do deteriorate with the different dementias, there's so much we can do to bring joy and life and uh, quality of life to people.
0: I I agree. Do you, in dealing with your own family, does it hit you different than dealing with, with your clients? It does. I always, I always say,
1: um, you know, that's why I I even tell, you know, my family and my family call in the professionals, because as much as I'm a professional, when it comes to your own family, it's like, it, it does, it hits you differently. There's different dynamics and it feels different and it's, course, it's harder to watch when it's your own family member.
0: So I and I always
1: say that's the reason that the professionals are objective. And that's the reason we call in professionals to help us.
0: <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah, everyone I know who has been, you know, out kind of educating people, and then they say when it hits their own, it's just like the brakes just squeal and go, exactly. wow, this is I'm, I'm getting a little different insight than I had before, which just helps them help others even more you know, in the future. So how did you get into this field?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So a long time ago, um, even when I was a teenager in the summers, I used to go volunteer in the nursing homes. And I guess I was bored one summer and I didn't want to go to camp. So I went to the nursing home to volunteer and I found that I loved it. I was like in my element. And again, this was like more than 25 years ago. So I just loved it. I would sing and I would dance and I played bingo and I helped the, you know, activity directors. And after that, when I had to choose a career path, I didn't really have any other interests other than working with older people. And I just, I I felt very passionate about it even then as like a young kid, a young girl. And I went for a degree in, I ended up going for a bachelor's and then a master's in geriatric social work. And after that, I worked, my first job was working as the head of an Alzheimer's unit in an assisted living facility in Maryland. And I learned a lot there. I had got a lot of good experience. um, And I really, that place had a special approach to working with dementia. And it actually was not called an Alzheimer's unit. It was called reminiscence um, because that was the goal. There was a special programming. And I really, really learned a lot there. Then I got married and moved to Israel and I continued in the field here in different ways. I did a lot of interesting things here as I was raising my kids, so I wasn't working full-time, and then I was teaching this memory course um, all, live around here in, in Israel. To I was, I was teaching for a geriatric institute of uh, Shari Tzedek, and Yad I moved around a bit that institute, and I was teaching it live, and I kept developing this memory course, and It's really for active, younger seniors um, from the community. And then right before COVID, I guess that's like three and a half years ago, I really wanted to put my course online, but I had no idea how to do it. Like I had a great course that i had been teaching live many places, many people, but I really knew that I could reach so many more people if I could go online. So I did. I, I, it was a whole process. I put the course online, then COVID hit. So what happened was all the seniors in the whole world went online. So now it was like I was really in the right place at the right time because I had a much bigger audience and many and people were isolated. The seniors were isolated and alone and starting to feel cognitive decline just from the effects of COVID, Um, whether having COVID or just the isolation and um, and really lack of activity and boredom and lack of stimulation. So a lot was going on during COVID that I really felt like I could reach a lot of people. And I started to do webinars all over the world for senior groups and organizations that either they found me or I found them. And um, it was amazing because I could reach so many more people um, so much more easily just by sitting in my house here in Israel. And I could be all over the world. So I taught my course, which was my goal was to get my course online. But what I didn't realize and Thanks to COVID, I ended up doing so much more than that because um, I ended up, you know, doing webinars for all the senior groups that had to close their doors and now needed online programming. And here I was, and through that, I developed eight standalone webinars that I now can do anywhere. So it actually developed me in a way that I did not know or expect, and it's um, I'm very grateful for that.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Uh, it's um, COVID changed everyone's business yeah. model really quickly, and it was nice that you were able to connect with those organizations, because I know a lot of organizations just were like, we can't even think about this stuff right now. <laughs> you know, we're, we're looking at doing other things. So that's fantastic. So can you explain exactly how you help seniors improve their, their memory? Yes.
1: Yes. So oftentimes people come to me, either they're worried about their memory, like, oh my gosh, this happened. Is this, should I really be concerned? Um, or they come to me already with some what we'll call MCI, mild cognitive impairment, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, they're like really starting to see more things changing and happening, and they really need some tips. Or sometimes it's caregivers who are caring for their elderly parent or spouse, and they're worried about their own memory. So these are the different types of people that might come to me. And sometimes it's people in their 40s and 50s, and sometimes it's people in their 70s and 80s, depending on, you know, on the target audience. And basically what I do is um, I can start with a memory assessment and I can really try to figure out if there's something more serious going on. I'm not a diagnostician, but um, we do a memory screening and it, it consists of a screening and a lot of subjective questions that help me figure out maybe there's another reason that they're experiencing memory loss. Um, and then most of the times those people are appropriate for my group programs or my courses or my memberships. If they're not appropriate and I feel like they need more care or more follow-up with the doctor, I'll, I'll refer them to someone. Um, or if I feel they need one-on-one from me, I do that as well. I do one-on-one memory coaching. So that's for the people that aren't appropriate for my groups for whatever reason or need more customized um, memory approach or memory planning. Maybe they have dementia. If someone already has a diagnosis, then I'll work with them one-on-one. Most of my group programs are a little too fast and a little too much information for someone that is already diagnosed with dementia. Um, So really what I'm trying to get at is even like the the earlier stages, right? The people that are starting to be worried or they're not sure if it's normal or not. Because those are the people we can help with the memory techniques, right? We have, I teach a lot of different memory techniques, how to remember names, numbers, and lists of items. And that's, I do that after I explain how memory works. And we talk about some other introductory stuff. Um, and then part two of my course is all about the lifestyle factors. And this is also really important for younger people to understand that there's so much research these days that uh, there's so much we can do to improve our aging now. Even if we're, we're not quote unquote, we don't consider ourselves aging or old um, or elderly in any way, you know what? It starts now. It starts with a healthy lifestyle now. You know, we've been able to um, name, discover, come up with like 11 risk factors for dementia. And if we can, um, if we can lower our chances of get of those risk factors, then we lowering, we are lowering our chances of getting the dementia and a lot of diseases, not just dementia. There's a lot of diseases that this is true of. So for example, smoking, we know that smoking is a risk factor for many diseases, including Alzheimer's. So if we can quit smoking, um, then we are lowering our chances. So there's just so much new research and progressive research that is showing that Um, memory loss is not inevitable. And there's so much research that shows even if their genes are there, there's so much we can do with the epigenetic study, that um, it's just very empowering. And I want people to know that we can age more healthfully than our parents and grandparents and great grandparents, because we have a lot more research, a lot more understanding. And through diet and exercise and social stimulation, cognitive stimulation, it's a different, it's a different world. And You know, there's good and bad to that different world. But some of the the good stuff is the research that we know. Oh, you know what? I can change the way I age. Like Dr. Amen always says, um, you are not stuck with the brain you have. And the techniques that I teach help people so much. It really helps people transform the way they think about their memory, even like people come to me and I'll say my name and they'll be like, I can't remember your name. I'm not good at names. And I go, wait, whoa, 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 wait, 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 let's talk about that. You are good at names. You can absolutely remember my name, and I'll teach you right now how to do it. So I don't let people get away with that anymore. When pe- people don't even know what I do, and they say oh, I'm really bad at names, and I'm like, No, you are not really bad at names. You, you have convinced yourself you are bad at names. You don't know what the difference between a trained memory and an untrained memory, and some simple techniques could help you. So that that's how I help people. Those are the people that come to me. I have um, courses and memberships and monthly brain exercises I do that are super fun, interactive, and helpful.
0: So can you give us, like would you be comfortable giving us a one tip on how to remember a name for our audience? Sure,
1: sure I would love to. By the way, names is the main
0: reason that most people
1: come take a memory course, because they really want to remember names. Um, people get very nervous when they can't remember people's names. It makes them nervous. And um, it's a really important business networking skill, right? Like if you can't remember the names of your clients, um, customers or patients, depending what you do, uh, you are at a disadvantage as a professional. So it's a really important business networking skill. It's also an important social skill, because if I remember your name, I can make you feel like a million dollars, right? Just by calling you by your name. We love hearing the name or the sound of our name, right? It's our identity. So the, the first tip that I tell people is, make sure you hear the name. Like if I say my name is Rayner, you didn't hear that. <laughs> and even if I say Renekowski, I said that too fast. You didn't hear it. So you're going to say, oh, I didn't catch you. No, you're going to say, I can't remember your name. And I'm going to say, it's not that you can't remember my name. You didn't even hear my name. It has to go in your ears in order to get into your brain, right? So if you did not hear someone's name, you must ask them to repeat it. After that, you want to um, comment on the name. We want to give it some more attention because oftentimes we hear a name, it goes in one ear and out the other. And we really are not paying attention to it at all because either we're distracted by what's going on around us or maybe our own thoughts are distracting us. So when someone says their name, um, we're really not attentive enough to get it the first time. So oftentimes we might say, could you repeat that? Or what was that again? I want to hear your name again. Or I want to make sure to remember it. So say it again. So you have to really make sure you're hearing it. And then we're going to pay attention by saying it back to that person. So it would look like this. It would be, hi, Lori, how are you doing today? You'll answer me. Oh, and I'll say, you, you answer sorry. me.
0: Hmm. I'm doing great.
1: Lori, where are you from? Minnesota. And Lori, what's the weather there today? It's hot. Oh, it's hot here too. Okay, really hot. It's, we're going into heat wave. And Lori, it's so nice to meet you today. So I just said your name four times in that very quick conversation. Now, if we would go on and have a longer conversation, I would keep putting it in there. Because what happens at the end of the conversation, if I've said your name four times, if I've heard myself say your name four times, what's that going to do in my brain? It's going to make it stick. It's going to encode it better into long-term memory. Encode is where we get it from like, right, the short-term memory where it's like very quick to really encoding it properly where we can recall it later into our long-term memory. So it's about getting, we wanna really file it. Think of it like a file cabinet. If you put a piece of paper in the file cabinet, but it's it's in some folder there, it's not in the right folder, then when you want it, you can't find it, even though it's there. Same thing with the name. So someone says their name, but if we don't encode it, if we don't file it properly, it's not gonna be there when we want it. The way to file it properly is to repeat it back to them a few times. And you even might comment on their name. Oh, Lori! I have actually, I have a very good friend whose name is Lori, and she's making a wedding soon. So just commenting on the name or saying I have a sister-in-law by that name. Or, oh, I've never heard that name. Like you might say to me, Rena, what does Rina mean? I've never heard that before. And I'll go on to explain to you what Rena means. And then you'll really remember because it will have meaning for you. So um, by the way, Rina means joy. It's Hebrew and it means joy. And what I usually do is I do this little action where I jump for joy when I teach my name. I, I jump for joy. And then everyone has it, like a mental image of Rena jumping for joy because Rena means joy in Hebrew. So just by giving it that little bit of meaning and that two seconds of paying attention to my name, you're going to remember Rena because I was jumping for joy. So it's about um, giving it meaning. It's about putting it in the right file so that you can recall it later. And you do that by giving it a little attention and intention to remember. So my intention, Lori, is to remember your name today. And that and I could either say it to you out out or I don't have to, I could just have that in my mind. But I'm making the intention to remember your name by making sure I heard it, commenting on it, um, and repeating it back three or four times in our conversation. That already is going to help you remember like 25 to 50% more names. And then after that, I go into a whole like, the association and the face and the making it meaningful, and we really like in my course. I really spend a lot of time on names because so this is a big theme for people. And I actually have these twelve little pictures of um, names and faces that we work on. And like people are like, we cannot remember this, and I'm like, yes, you can. And we go through each one after I teach the technique. We go through each one, and at the end, we do we do those twelve names and faces. Like I give them a test of it, and people are blown away oh my gosh, I I know this, I did not think I could remember this. And they can. It's just a matter of learning the technique and practicing it.
0: Well, that's wonderful. That helps me because I'm one of those people that I'm like, I've always been bad at names. I don't remember. And, um, you know, I'm just, I've always been horrible. And I, and I believe that, you know, I mean, stop
1: I, saying it, First, i you got to stop saying it because what you say is what happens. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Stop saying you're bad at names.
0: Well, exactly. And I, and I love the tips that you gave about, you know, cause I'll ask, and then I'll, you know, if I'm sitting down, I'll write it down how I think it's supposed to be pronounced. Mm-hmm. But I love that, repeating that, asking a couple more things and just hearing my own voice say your name. Yes. And um, that's, that's very helpful. So, so thank you very much. Yeah, you're that. welcome. You're welcome. Um, gosh, yeah, that, that alone, I think, was, was uh, worth having you on the show for. I think people will be amazed. And, and also, it just shows the depth in which you go into these different categories and, and ways to improve your life. it comes to this and you know when you mentioned about names too you know it's good for business networking but socially and again when you said that's kind of the number one thing i guess that's probably the number one thing i hear too yeah is is the names and then oh i forgot where i put something is exactly second one you know and i i did that myself the other day i I, i'm like i could i could visually see it in my mind where it was i'm digging through the trash i'm opening up files and then, you know, I kind of kind of calmed myself down because I was, like, really upset. I couldn't find it. And I thought, I'm just going to go to bed. I'll try it in the morning. And it was, like, it was written right on the piece of paper in the file. And I, but I was, like, looking too hard. And I was exhausted for it. And I just, like, oh, Lori, you should know better, you know, with, with things like that. But, um yeah, yes, it is. Yes. It is just one of those things that you that is a
1: very typical universal issue. And I, actually, that is why I call this. What did I come to the fridge for? Because mm-hmm. so many people think it's a memory issue where you put something what you came come into the room for. And we all think, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with my memories going? And I have a, actually an hour webinar that I do that has four techniques to help this because it's really focus. It's not so much attention. It's really a lot more about um, it's not so much about memory. It's about focus and attention. So, if if you, with your permission, I'll share two uh, tips, two of those four tips I could share with you that will help you exactly that issue that you just said about. Oh, please, put, please, yeah, please. Okay. <laughs> okay. So these are two of the four really good tips that I do in this webinar. What did I come to the fridge for? Um, so the first thing, and I use an acronym um, called TEAS, T E A S. So I'm going to do the first and the last of the T E A S acronym. The T stands for task, and it stands for one task at a time. So, Laurie, if you're If you put your keys down while you were talking on the phone and your mind was thinking about what you're making for supper, maybe you were holding the mail in your hand and you just put your keys down somewhere, you were multitasking. Now, as much as we think we're all really good at multitasking, guess what? (laughs) That's when we lose stuff. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's why you can't remember where your keys are because you were on the phone. You were holding mail in your hand. You were thinking about what you're making for supper. That's too many things for your brain to do at one time. So as much as we think we can multitask, really, it's not good for our brain. And the research is showing that when we multitask, we make double the amount of mistakes. They went into the workplaces and they did these studies and they found that people really made a lot more mistakes. So, you know, we, most of us grew up thinking, oh, if I could, you know, um, check my email and um, and, and talk on the phone and make a photocopy all at the same time, I'm really productive. But what they found is that people made double the amount of mistake and it took longer for people to complete the task because our brains don't actually multitask as we think they do. So uh, multitasking trips up our brain and makes us less creative and it temporarily lowers our IQ by 15 points. Temporarily lowers our IQ by 15 points. Wow, That's
0: interesting, yeah. Wow. I got to stop breaking. Then I'm doing
1: that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we want to stop multitasking. (laughs) Our brains are what's called sequential processors, right? We take an information, we process it in a sequence. A sequence means one thing after another, and we can do it fast, right? because we think Mm -hmm. and we process information fast, but not at the same millisecond. So we're not actually multitasking. So it's like, When you're always online, you're always distracted, right? Like if you have 15 windows open and you're trying to talk to me, but you're flipping through Facebook and LinkedIn, and right? Are you paying attention to me? No. Are you going to remember every word I'm saying? Absolutely not. (laughs) If someone's driving and listening to a podcast. um, So, you know, people say, well, I can drive and listen to a podcast. You can, because listening to a podcast does not take that much cognitive ability. But if I ask you the details, or I, I say quote, he, you know, I'll say the podcast guy quoted, quoted some research. Can you tell me what it was? You'll be like, no, I have no idea. Because you were driving or you were doing something else. Or cooking. People say, I can cook and, and listen to something. Yeah, right. And then they ask me, did I put in the sugar? Did I put in the salt?
0: <laughs> so- Are spying on me? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very typical, very universal. So what did I come to the fridge for? I go to the fridge um, and I open it up and I have no idea what I came for. And I'm really worried about my memory. And this happens to Everyone I I talk to, right? So because what happens is when I I had the thought I needed the milk from the fridge, from then till I got to the fridge, where did my brain go? All over the place, right? I could have had many, many thoughts. In fact, they say we have between, I think it's 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. So my brain went in a million places between when I had the thought I need the milk till I get to the fridge. I open up the fridge and my brain has to go back a hundred steps, you know, with all those thoughts. So the very simple, simple, simple way to do this, and it sounds silly, but it really works is I need the milk from the fridge. I say out loud, milk, 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 milk till I get to the fridge, because what am I doing? I'm keeping myself on task, single task, milk, 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 milk till I get to the fridge. You open the fridge, you know what you came for. It sounds ridiculous, but really that is the way to not let yourself get distracted either by external distractions, which are phones and Um, beepers and, you know, all the dinging and notifications on your phone and computer or tablet or whatever, you know, you have or the doorbell ringing or things like that or your internal distractions, which are your own thoughts. And we have a lot of thoughts (laughs) that distract us. So um, so that's why that happens. We you know, we get distracted. Um, and, but the good news is that it's not your memory. It's attention and focus. And if we really work on attention and focus, we can actually solve some of this quote unquote memory issues, which are not memory issues. Um, now, if I just want to do, say a disclaimer, if these things are happening many times, um, and it's pervasive and you can't function because you lose your key so many times that you can't get out the door and you can't get to your appointments on time. If that's happening, then You need to get in touch with me or a doctor or a neurologist or a geriatric doctor to do an assessment. Because if it gets to the point where you're not independent or you're really not functioning, I mean you don't have to wait till it gets to that point. What I'm saying is that once in a while to forget your keys, no big deal. We all do that. Once in a while to, you know, forget whether you lock the door, we all do that. But if it gets to the point where you are more where you're really not functioning and um, other people are noticing it and it's impeding your daily functioning, then it's time to get, you know, to, to go see if there's something more serious going on. But if it's once in a while, can't find my keys, can't find my phone, which happens to everyone, um, it's really about where's your brain when you're putting that phone down. I bet your brain is not watching you. Your, your, hit, your eyes are not watching your hand put the phone down. Your brain's somewhere else. So um, that explains the T. So the T is ta- one task at a time. So we're going to stop the multitasking. And this alone takes care of a lot because you'll realize you will become aware that you haven't even paid attention to it in the first place. So when you tell me you can't find your keys or you can't remember where you put your keys, the first question I'm going to ask you is, did you even pay attention to where you put them in the first place? And you're going to go, nope, I didn't. I was on the phone or I was thinking about what I'm making for supper or someone was talking to me in the house. And therefore, the act of putting your keys down was not encoded in your brain because your hand put the keys down. Your brain was elsewhere. So that the awareness that you're not paying attention to what you're doing is very helpful. So I always tell people, ask yourself, did I even pay attention to this in the first place? And you'll see that, oh, I need to be a little more attentive and mindful of what I'm doing. So that's the first big, big piece of advice. Stop multitasking. Um, especially, I'll do one more plug about this. I talk about this all the time. Um, Driving. When you are driving and talking on the phone, there's a reason that, I mean, I don't know what it is where you live, but where I live, it's a thousand checkout fine and eight points on your license. If you're holding the phone now, really between me and you, even if you're not holding the phone, it's dangerous because um, phone conversations, cell phone conversations while driving are virtual. So you're like imagining the person you're talking to. You are not paying full attention to driving. I don't care what you say. You are not paying full attention to you're driving. That's why it's so dangerous. That's why there's such a high fee. Um, and points on your license for for doing that. Um, There's research that was done that said that cell phone talkers while driving, first of all, um, driving while talking on a cell phone is the equivalent of driving while drunk. And the research shows that people that are cell phone talkers while driving are half a second slower to step on the brake. Now, half a second sounds like nothing, but half a second is a lot when we're talking about, you know, about to crash into the car in front of you. So, um, it's the multitasking thing really, really is important. We're talking about safety, our safety and safety of others on the road. And as much as everyone talks on the phone in the car and they do it on speaker. Um, so on one hand, you're not holding something, but it's still very dangerous because you're still imagining it's still a virtual conversation and your eyes, your eyes might be looking at what's funny, but your brain is not, your brain is talking and we all think we can do this well, but we can't. And, um, and, uh, it's very, very dangerous. So it's a big plea to, to really just concentrate on what you're doing one thing at a time.
0: Well, and then if you're feeling if it's if it's a call from your boss and you're feeling pressured for a deadline or if it's an emotional conversation with a friend or loved one, I, I would imagine that would increase things even more too, yep. and be more distracting. Exactly. And I don't think we always take that into consideration as well. Right.
1: That's... Right.
0: Right. So can you that... tell us the rest yeah. of your acronym? Yes.
1: So the, the, um, the second thing I was going to, well, I'll tell you what the E and the A stand for, but I'm not going to go into that now. I'm going to tell you what yeah. the S, the E stands for environment, making sure your environment is conducive. And I, in my webinar, I talk about how to do that. The A stands for automatically, not to do things automatically, but to do things more mindfully. Also in my webinar, I talk about um, how eating more mindfully helps us, how l- just living more mindfully, how just being more mindful of every act we're doing is going to help us function better. What I want to get to is the S. The S is really, I think, a very important tip that will be helpful to everyone listening. Super practical. I've taught this many, many times. The S stands for senses. Senses are use your senses because your senses stimulate your brain. When you use your, our senses are seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, seeing, smelling, hearing, tasting, touching. Um, It's five senses. And um, when you use those to help you encode a memory properly, you have a much better chance of remembering. So for example, if you use one sense to encode a memory, you might have about a 10% chance of remembering it a week later. If you use four senses to encode that memory, you have about a 97% chance of remembering it a week later. So this is a very powerful tool I'm giving you, okay? And you can use this to remember whether you locked the door, turned off the stove, took your medicine, where you put things. I'll give you, I'll give you an example of how we do this. So we'll use your example of the keys, right? You can find your keys. So it is, it's a really typical example. It could be, and when I say keys, it could mean credit card, glasses, phone, wallet, fill in the blank. Okay. Whatever you can't find.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I have glasses on top of my head and I can't find them. Yeah, I'm so yeah. used to feeling
1: them there. I don't feel them there anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um so when you when you put your keys down, now you're gonna not just throw your keys on the coffee table. What are you going to do now? You're not going to be on the phone because we're not multitasking, right? Mm-hmm. You are going to watch your hand drop the keys. So now you're looking. You're using your sense of vision, right? You're watching your hands drop the keys, and then you're going to hear it. The keys um, are going to make a sound when they land. Wherever they land, they're going to make a sound, right? A cling, a clang, or something. So you're going to hear it. Now this takes this only takes two seconds. What are you doing? You're just paying attention. You're watching your hand drop the keys. You're listening. And then you're going to say out loud, I have now put my keys on the coffee table. I have now dropped my keys on the coffee table, however you want to say it. And by saying that out loud, just like we said before about the names, right? It's the same thing. We're using our senses. And when I hear myself say it, I am much more likely to remember it because I'm, I'm hearing it out loud. So I'm watching my hand do something. I'm listening for the sound and I'm saying out loud, I have now put my keys on the coffee table. Same thing with you lock the door. People get very panic-stricken about whether they lock the door or not. So when I lock my door now, I'm not on the phone. I'm not doing anything else. I'm not talking to anyone. And I'm going to feel the key. So a tactile, feel the key. Is it cold or hot? Um, is it round? Quickly look at it. Is it round? Is it square? What What shape is that key? And then when you lock the door, you're watching your hand lock it with the key. You're listening to the shut the slam of the door and the click of the, you know, the shut of the door and the click of the lock. Um... And you're gonna say aloud, loud, I have now locked my door. As soon as you do that, when you, you walk away and maybe 20 minutes later, or an hour later, you say, did I lock my door? Yes, I remember feeling the key. There's so, you're gonna use your senses that stimulate your brain. So, oh, I remember feeling the key it was cold. I remember hearing the door slam shut. I remember saying out loud, I have now locked the door. These are very practical, helpful things that really, really work. So people say to me, Oh, but everyone's going to be looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm talking out loud all the time, right? Because I'm saying out loud, I've locked the door, I put my keys in. And I say to them, first of all, we don't really care what anyone else thinks because you're going to remember that you locked your door. (laughs) And second of all, everyone's walking down the street these days on Bluetooth and speaker and headphones and things in their ears, you know, so everyone's talking to themselves. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. But um, you know, people say, to me, "Oh, everyone's gonna think I'm crazy because I'm talking to myself." I'm like, I don't care what people think. You're gonna remember that you locked your door, or turned off your stove, which is more important. So these are um, using your senses really stimulate the brain to remember what you did. Um, I'll give another example: um, the stove. This is a very, this is a dangerous example because people forget to turn off the stove. Why that they turned off the stove. Um, so again, to remember to turn off the stove, you can set a timer. Um, you cannot leave the kitchen until you make sure that stove is off. And now, when you turn off the stove, what are you going to do? You're not just going to turn off the stove and walk away and be on the phone. You're going to watch your hand. You're going to fe- you're going to watch your hand turn it. You're going to feel the knob of the stove or the button, whatever you have, in- when you push it. You're also going to um, smell that the food sort of stops sizzling. It stops giving off like a cooking aroma, right? So that's where smell can come in. Um, and you're going to move that pot. When you move the pot to a different fire, that is kinesthetic. That's an action. You're going to remember that you did that. And you say out loud. I am now turning off the stove. I'm now turning off the food or the rice or whatever it is. And it's not cooking anymore. And you take a breath and you smell. okay, it's done. It's not cooking. I moved the pot and I've now turned it off. Those, it takes two seconds to do all that. Um, and yet you are going to remember that you did it because why it's encoded properly in your brain. You were giving it the tension that it needs. It's a, it's a very simple task to turn off the stove, but if you do it while you're thinking of something else and talking on the phone and looking at your phone, you know, you're not going to remember that you did it, but if you are mindful and pay attention to it for just two seconds, you will remember later that you did it.
0: Oh, these are great tips. And I, I love the whole sensory thing because that's one of the things that I teach in in terms of people communicating with someone with dementia is use that multi-sensory Skill to communicate because there's so much going on that we're not paying attention to as well.
1: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800 494 8310.
0: Thanks, John. You heard it, folks.
1: Take advantage of this opportunity and call now.
0: 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. If you are just tuning in, we are talking to Rina Yudkowsky, and she is given us fabulous, fabulous tips. Uh, she is the founder of Memory Matters, and... Um, like I said, uh, you're going to want to rewind and go back because, uh, and, and we've, we've just got it, gotten started here. But you can go to her website for more information, which is R E N A, and last name is Y U D K O W S K Y dot com. So let's talk a little bit about how do you know if it's normal memory loss? You had mentioned, you know, if it kind of disrupts your day. I know so many people call me all the time and call, gosh, you know, it, just like you were saying, I got to the top of the steps. I got not a clue why I'm here. And I keep doing that over and over and over again. And I, and I think, you know, for most people that I talk with, I don't diagnose people, but so often they are doing these multitasks. you know, we're running so fast and furious through life instead of slowing down a bit. But how do you how do you really know? And I guess the other question I'd like to know from you is, who do you find notices these changes more the actual person who's worried about it or somebody else?
1: Okay, so that's a good question. So it depends. Um, It really depends on what, like where people are holding, whether it's, Mild cognitive impairment or something else going on. Sometimes it's as sim- well, simple, but um, as a UTI, right? There's a urinary tract infection going on, and maybe the spouse notices, and that's easily remed- remediable, right? Um, but if we're talking about something more serious, so oftentimes the other people do notice, um, and it depends what stage people are at and what, what's going on in people's brains as to whether they're aware or not. I've seen Uh, different situations where sometimes the person themselves are aware, sometimes they're not as aware, depends which, you know, different types of dementias, but um, in terms of the normal versus abnormal. So actually, if you go to my website and anyone can join my email list, you will get a free PDF checklist of everything I'm about to say, but basically, um, and again, this is like a very, overall general, we're generalizing here. And if you're at all worried about anything going on, please either reach out to me for a memory assessment or reach out to your doctor. Um, We do want to, we want to make sure that you're okay. And sometimes, sometimes there are other things going on um, and it's not dementia. So if it's one of those things that are very treatable, for example, um, sleep issues, sleep apnea, you know, causes memory loss, but that's very treatable or infections, or um, side effects of medications. Sometimes people are taking medications that cause memory loss.
0: That's not dementia,
1: you know? Yeah. So that's why it's important.
0: I, yeah. I see that a lot with seniors because they don't want to be run into the bathroom. So they, they pull their liquids back. The but hydration
1: also- is huge. It causes terrible cognitive um, decline and a cognitive feeling like there's really, you can't think straight um, what's it called? Um, confusion and disorientation. And cause, yeah. Dehydration is a very typical. one, also, um, so you want to, so that's why, if you are concerned at any point, please go to a doctor and check it out. Cause maybe there's something else going on that is fixable and it's not dementia. So just some, um, some normal versus abnormal. So it is normal to, um, to forget part of an experience, but it's not normal to forget the whole experience. So for example, it's normal for me um, to remember that I went to a wedding last week, but not remember what I wore. Let's say I'm thinking, well, what did I wear to that wedding? That's just part of an experience. But if I can't even remember that I went to the wedding last week, that would be an example of abnormal. Um, Another example would be, it's not like we were talking about keys. It's normal to misplace your keys once in a while. It is not normal to pick up your keys and say, what do I do with these? Or what does this go to? That is a extreme example um, it's normal, you know, once in a while you're driving and you daydream a little bit, maybe you're multitasking, even though you're not supposed to be, and you miss your exit, right? That does happen. If you're on the phone, which you're not supposed to be while driving, you could miss your exit. We understand how that happens. But if you um, are driving and you're not sure which exit to take or things, you know, look unfamiliar, that's more serious and that you would want to check out. Um, it's also, like I said before, when it gets to the point where you, um, are not independent or it's pervasive. Like you're losing your key so many times that you you miss the doctor's appointment. That's pervasive. That's affecting your daily functioning. That's not normal. Um, again, you don't have to wait till it gets to such a bad you know uh point to go check it out and to see if there's anything you can do for it. Uh we always like to, you know, we we're very into early assessments, uh preventive as much as possible um and if there is anything going on you know the doctors will say okay here's here's the diet you should be eating more of this and less of that and um and there's uh, exercise is huge piece social stimulation cognitive stimulation there's a lot a lot a lot we want to do to keep our brain sharp um so whether it's you know mild cognitive decline or something more serious there's still so much we can do to to live a quality of life and to stay sharper for as long as possible so um so those are some of the examples of normal versus abnormal. I think I have a few more on that. Oh, um, people noticing, oh, not able to um, not able to follow directions. So if someone, you know, if, if you're, if you can't get yourself dressed and someone gives you directions how to get yourself dressed and you're having a hard time, again, that's an extreme example. Um, so usually, usually before we get to that point, I think people usually get assessed and diagnosed, but that's an extreme example as well. Um, so and you can always ask yourself, you know, when you forget, when you quote unquote forget something, is, am I really forgetting it or did I not pay attention in the first place? And that question helps, because like I said before, but I want to say it again, because this is very important. If, did I pay attention to that? And if you say, I did pay attention to that, then you should be remembering it. But if you didn't pay attention to that in the first place, and often we don't pay good enough attention to what we're doing, then you start with that. That's like the starting point. Um but if something is happening over and over and it's pervasive and it's affecting your daily function and people are noticing it and it's getting worse, um, it's it's time to check it out. It's time to go to a neurologist, a geriatric doctor. And again, look at all the different health pieces. There are so many health pieces um, that can affect your brain sleep. I mean, I said sleep apnea, but even just poor sleep can cause terrible brain fog and um, depression. Depression and dementia are oftentimes... Um, overlapped or misdiagnosed because they look the same. So there's really a lot of things that to look at in terms of our health. And you don't have to just assume that you have dementia.
0: And I think a lot of care partners worry about them getting themselves getting dementia because they're not getting sleep and they're not, you know, there's so many things that they're missing out of. And the last thing they're doing is taking care of themselves. Um, And I love that you said, you know, ask yourself, did I pay attention? Because one of the things I see too um with with people and sometimes even myself is um i i beat myself up and i kind of keep going over it and then that stresses you out and the more stress the the more you're going to be discombobbled and it just it makes things worse instead, <laughs> instead of better absolutely stress actually stress
1: is another factor that really shrinks our hippocampus which is the memory and learning center we don't want to be shrinking our hippocampus so that's where all the um The yoga, the deep breathing, the meditation, the Tai Chi, all the uh, meditative things, they help us calm down. The breathing really can help us feel more centered. And uh, breathing is always a very important technique because A, it gets oxygen to the brain. B, it calms our nervous system. And C, it helps us focus on what we want to do. So breathing, meditation um, are super, super important for the brain. In fact, therapeutic for the brain and therapeutic for the whole um, brain health piece. There's a lot of research showing that meditation not only calms your brain, but it actually stimulates your brain at the same time. So to find something that calms and stimulates is pretty cool. And there's a a lot of research on meditation, really helping the brain. And you can do that, you know, at any stage, age. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. Yep. And we all breathe. It's just, you know, learning different techniques. I've found those very helpful for myself and, and stuff. Well, what are some of the services? You've kind of highlighted some things, but do you have some specialty programs that you'd like to highlight? And yeah, I do. So I have um I have my, my
1: full course, the signature course, which I do live, and I'm working on repackaging that. Um but what I want to talk about today for a special offer for your listeners is my membership called Remembership. Remembership. So it's a three-month membership to help you take charge of your memory. It's super easy and fun to do because the videos are very short and automated and pre-recorded. So you don't have to hop on live with me. You can watch them whenever you want. So you get a weekly video, which they're between seven and 10 minutes. So very short videos. And then a brain exercise, varied, fun. Some have to do with word recall. Some have to do with math. Some have to do with active observation, different, varied brain exercises. Again, you do it whenever you want. And every week you get a video and a brain exercise. And then once a month, there's a live coaching call. And that is your chance to hop on live and ask me questions or go over any information or um, do some more brain exercises. So it has a live component, automated component. Um, You can do it when you want. And you have lifetime access. And it's a three-month membership. And it's fun and easy. And um, I make myself very available. Like if anyone has questions while they're doing it, they can email me. And people find it very helpful. In fact, the, what I was just talking about, the T's, those are four of the 12 videos. And I go into more details. Um, and those are four of the 12, you know, it's a three month thing. Every week you get something. So it's 12 altogether, 12 videos, 12 brain exercises and three uh, group coaching calls. So
0: well, right now, because you seem like you're always developing something else. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows? Can, can you share what the cost is for the three months? Yes.
1: It's $77 a month for three months. So it's a total of $231. Okay. Um, The special offer I want to give your listeners today, Lori, is anyone who buys a membership will get a half hour private coaching call with me and meaning a one-on-one half hour coaching call in which they can either tell me their memory concerns. I can give them more tips and ideas. I can do one-on-one memory stimulating stuff with them. It's a special half hour with me. And that is equal, that's a value of a hundred dollars. Um, so anyone who buys a membership through you, just tell me that they came through Lori and, um, and I will give them a half hour free coaching session one-on-one.
0: Wow. Thank you. That's, that's sweet. I really appreciate that. Um, well, as usual, you have just been, um, just a joy to talk to and,
1: and you know, the way
0: you deliver your information, it's not scary. It's not intimidating. Um, You kind of get us smiling and and laughing at some of the stuff that we're doing. And to me, that's huge, because some some of the tests out there, they're kind of scary, and they're intimidating, and you feel isolated and alone. And you've really broken it down into everyday patterns that we all go through. and, And, and that makes a huge, huge difference. So um, thank you so much for doing that. Anything else that you want to share with our audience? Um, I just, you know, I just want to say, I guess my,
1: my message is that there's so many easy, practical, simple techniques that we can put into our daily life that will help us remember better, first of all, and second of all, feel more confident about it. So even just the T and the S that I talked about, the the multitasking and um, and the senses, just using that is going to actually make you function better and feel more confident that you have a tool. So the next time you can't find your keys, you're not going to say, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with you? You're going to say, hmm, I know why I can't find my keys. I did not even look at my hand when I put them down. I did not even hear the clink. I did not even pay any attention to what I was doing. So the understanding and the awareness is going to make you feel more confident. And of course I have 20 hours of, of techniques and fun exercises to do. This is just the tip of the iceberg.
0: Well, and one of the things too, that in terms of teaching us, you know, that whole getting back to, to being present in what we're doing is you give us things to recall. Did I hear putting them down? Did I see putting them down? Because, you know, most of us are just running around like a chicken in our head, like our head cut off. Well, I usually put them here, but maybe I put them there. <laughs> we're, we're doing that type of thing instead of really looking at the process of it all. And so your tips have been so, so valuable. I know they have been to me and I'm, I'm sure they will be our listeners as well. Um, so again, thank you. Thank you so much. In, in wrapping up the show, we have been talking to Rena Yukowski, who is the founder of Memory Matters. And oh my gosh, so many wonderful tips she has given us today. So again, Rena, thank you. Thank you. Um, my I- pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for letting me share this with people. I hope it's helpful. And if anyone, I know I'm happy people can reach out to me through email, through my website. I'm happy to help anyone.
0: Well that's fantastic and to our listeners again I hope you like click and share be a giver of hope people everybody needs to hear the work she's doing and how fun she makes it and you kind of kind of slap yourself in the, in the face going oh yeah I I I can do this better I can do this easier um the statistics you gave us on the multitasking were just you know wow you know dropping your IQ temporarily for you know 15% and You know, it takes us longer to get things done when we think we're being more efficient. I mean, there were just so many different things that you that you rattled off there that really grabbed my attention significantly because I'm a big multitasker. I always have been. Um, But lately, I've been struggling with it. You know, and I've been telling myself, it's just taking me longer to do everything. And I'm blaming it on technology, but it probably has a lot to do with me on that so thank you I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to time blocking again a little more (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and you'll you'll see if you actually do one task at a time and finish it and then move on to the next thing instead of trying to like like I said like jump between windows um you'll actually in the end of the day feel more accomplished than Mm -hmm. trying to do so many things at once
0: yep and I and you know it's funny because I know that um And why why I let that slip away from me I don't know but I did I did kind of do some time blocking the other day and I was like well that flowed really easy you know it just and I was like oh okay because I was struggling doing it before but that's because my mind was divided in you know ninety nine other tasks um, if I knew it consciously or not. You know, my mind was, my mind was spinning. So again, for our audience, be a giver of hope, like, click and share, because uh, this has just been a fantastic show and people, people need to learn more about her work. Again, you can go, you can go to her website, which is R-E-N-A, and last name is um, dot com. Um, She is also on Facebook as Memory Matters. She has a YouTube channel and then she has a re-membership page, which is on her, on her website, where again, I believe that's where they can download. Did you have some free tips from that one too, if they sign up? Yeah. The checklist of the normal versus abnormal. Okay.
1: And there's actually also a three free video series in in addition,
0: if you just sign up to the email list from the website. Wonderful. And then you're on Instagram under your name, uh, LinkedIn under your name, and then as memory matters on TikTok as well. So you can find her out there, you know, no matter what types of platforms you like to use. So again, thank you so much. uh, Again, Rena for your time. This has been wonderful. And it's exciting to see all you're doing and to be able to make that reach around the world. For people is absolutely incredible so thank you thank you for your work as well and again for our listeners um you can always go to alzheimerspeaks.com check out our free resources and and more on that site and uh, we will catch you next time bye everyone hi this is Suzanne Newman host of the answers for elders podcast and radio show